Hi, Fred. This is Liz. I live in uh, Sacramento, Zone 9B, and I just purchased uh, from the local nursery a, oh, what do you call it, lavender plant and also a sage. I'm sorry, I don't know the exact names, but they're common. The plants were in pots. Each plant is about one foot tall already. Planted them in the yard early yesterday morning. Did fine all day yesterday. Everything was moist, soil prepped. Today, 100 degree weather, they are not looking like they're happy campers. So I'm wondering, obviously, these are drought tolerant plants. I don't want to overwater. Is this wilting natural or should I be doing something with them? Thank you very much. Bye. Ah, yes, the hot weather and newly planted items can lead to a great deal of worry. Debbie Flower is here, and let's just talk about droopy plants to begin with on a hot summer day. Some with big leaves just droop naturally. I always like to, if you will, hold my weapons, which would be water in this case, and and check in the morning right. and see if they're still droopy. Because sometimes big leaves just naturally droop to conserve water. Right. It can be a protective response. Uh, the place, primary place that plants lose water is on the back of their leaves. That's a real blanket statement. It doesn't apply to every plant, but many of them, majority of them. And so if, if humidity is low, wind is high, heat is strong, sun is strong, or a combination of those things, then the plant can just sometimes wilt in a way to uh, cover the places that where the the water is coming out. Uh, my cucumber did it recently, in the last few days. It's summertime. It's 100 degrees out. Summertime, big leaf, lots of wind, lots of heat. I actually, and the, the answer is, especially for a new newly planted plant, shade. Yes, there you go. And I actually pulled out my rickety wooden falling apart garden umbrella and stuck it in the vegetable garden and opened it only in the afternoon when the sun was super strong on that plant and it had had enough light for the day. Um, wilting can, if, it, if it's prolonged, it can lead to reduced flowering. And so if you're trying to get production out of the plant, like a cucumber, you might have a few less cucumbers if you allow it to wilt on a regular basis. But the other thing Liz is facing is the newly planted plant. Mm-hmm. And so it came out of a container, it had roots on it. The roots, if, if it was legal to sell, then the roots had touched the inside of the container, so they were right there in front of her, and it causes some damage to those roots when you transplant. You can't get around it. It's not your fault. And so the part that is most damaged in transplanting is the root hairs, and 95 plus percent of the water absorbed by a plant is absorbed through the root hairs. One thing I have learned from you over the years, and it goes back to how to put in a plant... A lot of people will buy a plant, dig a hole, put in the plant, and then water it in. You would strongly suggest wagging your finger. <laughs> water that hole first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to put it in moist soil. It's difficult for the field soil to get wet once you've put the plant into it. You want to plant proud. We've talked about that. The proud meaning that some of the container soil is sticking out at the top because that container soil will... Um, decompose over time and the plant will sink. And then you have the opposite problem with too much water when we get rain. And you want to cut the roots. There are people who go so far as to say, wash all the soil off the roots. So especially on woody plants, which the sage may or may not be. The lavender is not, but there are many different kinds of sage. 
and woody roots that are circling around the plant will not change direction once you put them in the ground and they can end up choking the plant and killing the plant. So somehow you're going to modify the roots to prevent those circling girdling roots on a woody plant. And then you plant it into the moist hole and you plant it so it stands up a little high and you fill it in and water it and walk away. But before you walk away or walk away and go find something to make shade on that plant, because those root hairs need a few days to regrow. I've been known to make little caps. Yes, I still get the Sunday New York Times to make little caps out of newspaper. And I just sort of fold it into a cup shape and tape it and stick it on the plant. I try to anchor it with a stone or something. Yes, it decomposes over a few days, but that's all I need it for is a few days. I learned that shade trick from a very wonderful plants woman in when I lived in Nevada. Nevada has some pretty yucky conditions for plants. And she was very knowledgeable about native plants and would plant in summer and have success. And I just couldn't. Her name was Margaret Williams. I just could not understand. And she said, you have to shade the plant. She said, sometimes just use a a roof shingle. I think she was thinking of like a slate one, piece of slate. Stand it up next to the plant on the sunny side. A piece of shade cloth, the garden umbrella. You can think of things to put to, to shade them just for a few days, just until they get those new roots. Mulch can't hurt either. Right. You're going to mulch up against that, that root ball that's standing proud above the field soil for sure mm-hmm. so that it doesn't dry out real quickly. And you can put a little bit of mulch on top of the soil as well. And then the other thing is establishment irrigation. And I learned a lot about this when I did my master's thesis in horticulture. Establishment irrigation, even for drought-tolerant plants, even for native drought-tolerant plants, has to be practiced for at least the first six weeks of the plant's life. And that is to water, to check the plant every day and water the container soil that came with it as needed. So you're going to stick your finger into that soil up to at least the first knuckle. If it's moist, the plant is okay. If it's dry, then you water and you water just the container soil. And then once a week or so, you water the field soil around it, along with whatever watering is needed in the container soil. And I did an experiment, and we established, there was somebody else working with me, we established an entire acre of uh, woody shrubs in the summertime in Davis, California, using this process of watering the plants every day or so, because they dried out really quickly in the field, container soil, and then once a week in the field soil around it. That's establishment irrigation. All plants need establishment irrigation. Proven Winners recently came out with an excellent uh, little newsletter about three tips for drought-tolerant gardening. And, of course, the first one was, well, choose the best low-maintenance drought-tolerant plants, which are usually native plants. For yes, but Liz chose some, sounds like chose some good ones, too. Yeah, yeah. Salvia and lavender uh, yeah. are, are fine. But the one of the main points they make in this little newsletter, and it's very important, is plan to water the first year. How many people you think buy drought tolerant plants and plant it and walk away and don't water it thinking, well, it's drought tolerant. Well, if they do, then they don't have a plan. No, that's well, not for long. <laughs> not for long. And right. not in the summer. Yes. And so, yes. So it needs that water and that water should be applied thoroughly, maybe infrequently, but at least enough to keep that root ball moist for the course of whatever the weather is. Yeah. And the experiment that I did at, uh, toward my master's, we calculated 
in a lab, the amount of water needed to rehydrate a one-gallon plant. All the plants we planted into the field were in number ones, commonly called one gallon, and it was one liter of water. And so when we did irrigate those container media only, and we actually built berms and things to prov- so that we could isolate where the water went, we measured one liter of water and put that in the media. So a liter is a little bit more than a quart. So it's a little, what, a little more than four cups, which might seem like a lot. But to a plant and its expanding <laughs> root zone, not really. Yeah. And it depends on your soil, too. If it's a really sandy soil, you might have to apply more. Right. Into that field soil. Yeah. And, of course, watering in the morning, I would think, would be more beneficial than going out when it's 102. Yes. Applying water. It gives that plant a chance to absorb that water before it starts to evaporate. Uh, watering deeply, again, uh Very important. The other thing, too, is let's say you go to the nursery and you buy drought-tolerant plants and you put the plants outside someplace in their nursery containers going, yeah, I'll get to that eventually. And then it becomes 100 degrees or more, and they're still in those black plastic nursery containers. You could lose a plant in one day. Yes, you could for a couple of reasons. One you're going after, I think, is it'll use up all the water, totally run out. Yep. Suck dry, over it goes. The other is black plastic exposed to full sun heats the soil up to 140 degrees in 30 minutes. 140 degrees kills the roots. I have come up with an alternative plan for those small plants that I still have in four inch or one gallon containers that I'm still trying to find a home for. (laughs) The leftovers from my summer vegetable garden when it gets 100 degrees or so. Yes, I will water them in the morning, but in the afternoon, I will place them in a large flat bin that has maybe an inch of water in the bottom. Kitty litter pans. Yeah, kitty litter pan would be perfect for that. And just let it raises the humidity a little bit and uh, keeps the soil moisture. Yes, it does. And you've put them, you've grouped them. This is really a container discussion. But yes, you've grouped the plants as well, and they can share the water from each other. And and that's something to consider when you bring a plant home from the nursery. When you picked it out, I'll bet it was surrounded by a lot of other plants, Mm -hmm. and I'll bet it was under a a little bit of shade. It may not have seemed like much, but those containers were shading the other containers. Those plants were shading the other plants and they were sharing the water that comes that, that they do push out of their leaves. The next plant gets to take advantage of not that it absorbs it through the leaves, but that it prevents it slows down the water. Not that it absorbs it through the leaves. It slows down the loss of water through that plant next to it. So being in a group like that is less stressful than taking that plant now all by itself, putting it out in the wild and letting the wind get to it on all sides and the sun on all sides. It's a pretty brutal thing being a plant. Yeah, especially when you don't have some $12 hour employee coming by and watering you twice a day. Yes. So... Yeah, definitely um, be more cognizant of your uh, container plants when the weather gets hot. But Liz, the droopy plants and the droopy leaves, again, you can't hurt to check the soil moisture, too. Right. Before you apply the water, yes. is check the soil moisture. Get yourself a moisture meter or dig down and see what that moisture level is down in the root zone, which, in, if it's newly planted, may only be a few inches deep. Yeah, you can see what is exposed when you take it out of the pot. Right. You can see those roots. All right. Uh, yes, we will get through this summer one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Good Let- luck, Liz. Good luck. All right. Thank you, Debbie. You're welcome, Fred.